When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Advertising is one of the few mediums that creates lasting impressions on the eyeballs that see the advertisements. Advertising and Hollywood know how to get into our hearts and minds, for better or for worse. Advertising is a medium that can emphasize culture, a movement such as gender inclusion, and persuade the minds of the viewers. I have always had an affinity to the advertising industry. In fact, it's the industry I dove into headfirst after college to earn my first salary job. It's where I had one of my dreams come true, to work for a large advertising firm in Chicago, Leo Burnett's Starcom. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode centers around work-life integration, career reinvention amidst a job you love and a family you love for both parents. We also discuss reimagining gender inclusion in advertising. My guest, Allison McConnell, and I share Leo Burnett in common, where we both worked. She is a wife, mother, and the chief marketing officer at Publicis Health Media, where she oversees development of key growth strategies and marketing plans across the network. Allison spent 18 years at Leo Burnett, where she was the chief growth officer. Allison began her career at Whole Foods Market back when they were in startup mode. Allison lives her life with kindness, authenticity, style, and grace. Listen, for when Allison encourages us to have the courage to ask for what we want in our job and in our career. Also listen for when Allison describes how the great resignation and the war on talent is actually a positive thing, providing opportunities to center ourselves around our balance while setting clear intentions for ourselves. If you struggle with indecision in your career, visit gailkeller.org for more information. Taking calculated risks is not easy, and I can help ease the angst about taking a professional leap of faith with one-on-one advisory coaching to group mastermind sessions. I also work with corporations and universities on advising them on gender inclusion. I asked my guest, Allison, to be a guest today to share her personal story around becoming a working mom. She is the true definition of a progressive leader, placing her empathy in action for working parents. There is synergy between career reinvention and how advertising is changing the way women are perceived. We've come a long way since the 1950s and 60s, where a woman's place was in the home and gold medal flower catered to that data point in their messaging. And if you were a working mom back in that area, we've come a long way from when Xerox debuted their copier and likened it to replacing the secretary. It's an exciting time to be a female and an exciting time to work in the advertising industry, especially if you're like Allison McConnell who is positively making strides on the impact she's having helping brands and people reimagine gender inclusivity, equity, equality, and diversity. We're here today to talk about gender inclusion in advertising and how the industry is helping to reimagining working women in the industry. 
how females are depicted in advertisements, etc. There's no better woman to discuss work-life integration as a mother and the state of the advertising than the fabulous Allison McConnell, wife, mother, and CMO at Publicis Health Media. Welcome, and thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. So Allison, in your entire life, what are you most proud of? I guess I would have to say happiness, the ability to have done a lot of the things I wanted to do and want to do and still want to do, but maintain a level of gratitude and peace and happiness in my life every day. Um, I think that's something people have to work at and I've, and, and you have to intend to do it. And I think that's something that um, I've been able to do pretty well. And it, and, and I enjoy life. I enjoy the people I'm with. I enjoy my children, my career and all the other things that I really want to do. And, and I think that's a great achievement. And I really appreciate you saying happiness because it is hard for some to achieve. And I feel like in the workplace, we're talking about empathy and inaction in the workplace, but we really don't talk enough about joy and happiness. Yes. I, I am married to a Midwesterner. I'm not a Midwesterner myself, although I do live in the Midwest now. And we've had this debate throughout our marriage about life is about, he'll always say it's about hard work, you know, or Midwestern, we work hard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but it's about fun, right? But it's really about fun. He's like, no, it's hard work. And I was like, but if hard work's not fun, what's the point? So, <laughs> right. and you're so I'm always trying to, you know, make, work and make all of those things that we're juggling, like what's the joy we can find in it? What's the fun we can find in it? Mm -hmm. And you grew up in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. I am from Austin, Texas. Yes, I I did. Great city. So to swing the pendulum from happiness, tell us something maybe that's been your biggest challenge and regret in life. So hard to talk about regrets. I don't I don't enjoy that word necessarily, um, but I do think there are challenges that we all face and that's what makes our journey ours. And getting past those challenges can actually be very rewarding and, and help set you on a new path. So I'll talk, it, I'll talk about it more from the perspective of challenges. And I would say it, it was really in that early career, um, trying to determine how to have the career I wanted to have and have a family. There weren't a lot of models for that in my world. You didn't see it that often. Um, I didn't even see it in my own family, but that's what I wanted. And it, in figuring out how to make that happen in a positive way, in a way that wouldn't um, break me, <laughs> right? As a, as a mom, we tend to do everything. It's something I wanted, but I had to figure out um, how to make that happen. And I had to navigate that in my early career. And I do think there were some mistakes that I made early on that now having the hindsight, perhaps I would have done differently. And that's really not asking for, I, for what I wanted in that moment or, or asking for what I needed in that moment. I had that confidence in so many other spaces in my life. But when it came to work and having children, it really spooked me a little bit and perhaps made me a little less professionally confident. 
And what I, I ended up leaving advertising, which I loved, because I was so convinced in my own mind that it just wasn't going to work for me. And I didn't take the time to actually go to people and say, hey, can this work for me? Or this is what I need to make this work for me. So I left and I went um, client side and really didn't enjoy it. I, it really wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what I was doing, but I didn't feel like it was going to work out. And when I did finally get up the courage to ask for what I wanted, I found that the people that I had been working with were more than happy to give me what I wanted. And then I came back and it all worked out great. But it, it really took me that, that shift to figure that out. And also having a great boss at that time who I had left. And I told him why I was leaving. But he was the one that kept calling and saying, hey, you should come back. We're your family. You belong here. And just tell us what you need. And then I thought, well, why am I not telling people what I need? Mm -hmm. That's easy enough to do. And once I did that, and everyone said, that's not so hard. We value you. And those things aren't so difficult for us to give you. Uh, and then, you know, from then on, I just realized, one, that I had to ask for what I had to know and ask for what I needed. And two, I had to provide that space for people coming up um, under me right? People that reported into me or even in my own organization that I could help share that advice and model that early on so that um, particularly new moms, that was my experience, knew, know that they can really, um, they can really ask for what they want and, and they just might get it. So you're really a trailblazer for working. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think there were there were some great working moms out there way, way before me, but, but I thank think, you. That's very kind. Well, and I mean it from my heart because not everyone has that intuition like you did. And you said something really eloquent there. You said you want to pave the way for the next, you know, wave of women behind you to maybe smooth the path that wasn't so smooth for you. And you used your courage, your courage, your confidence to use your voice and your voice was heard and your talents were appreciated and seen so you could continue to grow. And I think there's a, there's women still struggling today. So fast forward to present time. I mean, this is still an issue. Yes. Have we taken strides in the right direction? Absolutely. But, you know, we'll get into the article you wrote about, uh, you know, gender parity in tech, for example, that's mm -hmm. something, and I just recently wrote an article about a similar topic and there's still these pitfalls. So if you were going to share with the listeners, maybe some of the pitfalls, you said you made some mistakes along the way to avoid, to help others, what would they be when they're struggling with that work-life integration as a mom? I think the most important thing is to understand what you need. And everyone has different needs. It depends on their family makeup. It depends on the kind of support network they have around them. And so I, my needs may have been very different, maybe very different from someone else's needs. So I think the first thing is really understanding those needs because you have to know what you're asking for and you have to know why you're asking for it. So I believe that one of the pitfalls was not trusting that people were there to actually help, help me be successful, that I had gotten something in my head 
And I just went with it rather than taking a moment and having enough courage to go in and say, so here's what I'm struggling with. And do you see a way out of it? This is one idea that I have. Have you seen other successful models and how can we make that work? And I, and I do think you need to um, really think about what you want and be brave enough to ask for what you want and then be willing to compromise because uh, another thing I've seen, you, you can't just say this, it's got to be just this there. You always have to make trade-offs. I had to get comfortable. You know, I, I, when I had children, I did not have my family living anywhere near me and my husband works full time and I work full time and we had to decide how we were going to tackle that and, and be the parents we want to be. And we did, we did figure it out, but it was a lot of discussion and a lot of um, compromise because you do have to recognize maybe some, either you have to send your children to daycare or you have to have someone coming in to help you on a regular basis. That's not you. And the way I framed that in my own mind was, um, well, now there's just one more person that loves my child. So they get to have the best of me because when I'm here, I'm so happy because I got to do my job and then now I get to do this job as a mom. And, and during the day, perhaps there was someone else that was there for a few hours with them that really loved them too. And aren't they fortunate to get the benefit of yet another person in their lives, giving them love. And if you frame it the right way, I think you can manage it. You can under, you know, you can accept it you can accept the path you're taking because I, I knew like trying to work with the child on your lap, that's just not, you know, that's, that doesn't really work. It, it makes you stressed. It doesn't really give you what you need. So you do have to figure out how it's all going to work out. Mm -hmm. So I heard two things there. I heard compromise, you know, and then also set, setting boundaries for yourself. Boundaries are so important and, and they're so important for every aspect of your life. I work for a health and wellness company. My early career was with a health company. Health and wellness has always been a very important part of my life. And I take the time to be a healthy person. If that's the way I exercise or the way I eat or being thoughtful or mindful, um, traveling, which is something I always was probably my biggest fear in having a family was that I'd have to stop traveling. So I just said, well, I'm just going to figure out how to bring them with me. And if I start them out early enough, they're going to be great. <laughs> and that all worked. You know, it's just something that I had to decide I wanted to do and then figure out a way to make it happen. Um, so, but you have to have that time to really be a good, be the best person you can be. And that is, that's mental health, that's physical health, um, that's positive relationships, that's not losing your girlfriends, because, you know, what are you without your girlfriends to go to? You can have a wonderful spouse or a partner, but those girlfriends or guy friends, you know, are the ones you call when you're panicking or the ones you call when you just need to be lifted up a little bit, whatever it is. The trusted tribe. Yeah. Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, you're the, you're the CMO of Publicis Health Media, but take us back early on in your career when you were working for Whole Foods, when it was a startup. Yes. When I started at Whole Foods. So I, I was at the University of Texas. 
um, actually studying art history and French. Um, and we can talk about that later. That has you know, nothing to do with what I ended up doing in my life. But um, I worked at Whole Foods during college and I worked as a cashier and I worked um, like at the customer service desk. But something I was always really interested in when I was there, in addition to natural foods, um, which was always a big passion of mine, was how we marketed our brand and how we showed up in the community and how what we donated. We always donated food and were involved in causes and um, I started, Whole Foods was just so wonderful, it was so small and um, such a family. And if you really showed interest in something, usually they said, great, just go with it. So I just started going with it and doing it. And then eventually started doing it on a much bigger scale. Whole, Whole Foods was um, about two or three stores when I started. And when I left, it was 200 stores and we'd gone through an IPO. And it was, um, it was just a fantastic experience. It was a great time to be um, building a company of, and, and it, it was a lot of young people building the company, but building it based on a shared passion for getting really great food um, to people and building a brand and an experience that was positive, that was um, really steeped in wellness and that that always spoke to me and it was it was an incredible experience and really changed the whole trajectory of my life so i while i didn't study communications and marketing in school i ended up there and it ended up being this really incredible path so i guess what i would say about that is sometimes you follow a path and it leads to places that you don't expect and it's a wonderful ride so it's a, it doesn't have to be a linear path. Yeah, The path is often windy. That's great advice because for so long, personally, I thought the line was straight. I didn't know. So many people do. Yeah. Forks in the road, the windy, the twists and the turns. And it's so fun because if you're open to it, you can really reimagine yourself. You can. And I do, I, I believe in reinvention. Look at Madonna. I mean, it's, like you can reinvent yourself every few years. You can reinvent your experience. You can reinvent your, your work, your, your life. It's completely possible. And if you don't take those risks in your professional life, I think it can get a bit dull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, correct me if I'm wrong, your career reinventions have kind of stayed tried and true to that communications, health and wellness and to leads, led you to where you are today. Yes, yes. And I'll always love art and art history. Um, when, I, when I was with Whole Foods in uh, the Midwest region, which is what brought me up to the Midwest, I worked there Monday through Friday in marketing, but then on the weekends, I ran an art gallery. So I managed to keep some of the things that I loved in my early life with me, just in a different way. And I, I do think particularly when you're starting out and just leaving school and thinking about your passion, your passion can show up in a lot of different ways. Your passion may end up being a side hustle, whereas your career might be something totally different. And I think you have to be open to how you live in that passion, how, however it shows up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. And in a few minutes ago, you brought up Madonna. So <laughs> you're taking me back to Halloween. Beyonce, Beyonce, Madonna, these incredible women of reinvention. Yes, yes. And uh, you take me back to Halloween where I dressed up as Tina Turner, wig and all. <laughs> and that woman had an incredible story of courage and reinvention later in her life. So yes, great inspirations. We can find them everywhere. And I think she resides in her 80s on Lake Switzerland, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a pr- pretty good life. So yeah, we- not bad. No, no. So speaking of life and the work-life integration, Allison, share with us a story where you took a professional risk and failed forward. Well, I guess I would go back to leaving. Sometimes you have to leave something to know you really enjoyed doing it. So at some point in my career, I decided I wanted to try something completely different and switch industries, switch jobs just see what it was like outside of the pressure cooker of, um, of my advertising life. And I did that. I left and I went to a very conservative company and it was a complete disaster. I, (laughs) it just, there was really very little about it that made me happy. Um, and and I guess at that point, I recognized it was a it was a nice position. It was it was a PR position. There were some interesting crisis management aspects to it, and I did learn some things. And I believe wherever you are, you're learning something. But what it helped me understand was that it wasn't it wasn't what I needed. It wasn't creative enough. It wasn't. Um, I, I kind of liked the the high fast-paced nature of the advertising and media world. I miss the creativity. And most importantly, and I think this has defined a lot of what um, I've tried to pursue after that, I miss the the progressive nature of the companies that I'd grown up in. Mm -hmm. I started with Whole Foods. It was incredibly progressive. One of the first two companies to allow same-sex insurance benefits in the country. I think it was Whole Foods and Starbucks. And this was in the early 90s. Um, Then went to advertising, which of course is very progressive as well and really helps you look at society and and, um, human behavior and understand it and see where culture is going. To then this left turn into this kind of very traditional old boys network. And I learned very quickly that that did not feel right. And it did not um, make me happy. It didn't serve where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be. And at that point, um, a couple of years in, I reverted back and was able to redefine myself back in, in the industry that I had left. And I, it, it, and that failure, like the ability to say, okay, that didn't work and that's okay. And I'm just going to go back and I'm not going to be embarrassed that I'm coming back. It's actually a homecoming of sorts and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that ended up that, that perspective really helped me understand what I wanted to do in the advertising industry. And that's when I went from 
running pieces of business to becoming um, a global CMO. So when I left that job that I wasn't that interested in, ultimately, I, I went back to Burnett and ultimately became their global CMO. And that was that was a stretch of years that was incredibly fulfilling, that was um, that had all the international travel that I'd always thought about and the exposure exposure to um, cultures. And I found that time, while stressful because I had two young children at home, I found it really fulfilling and made friendships that I'll have the rest of my life and learn things that I've been able to share with my family. And, and in several, on several occasions, I was able to bring them along and, and help them experience what I was experiencing. Um, because I had a lot of miles on airlines at that time. So I, I dragged like, them with me. As do your kids have a lot of airline miles now. Now they do. Uh, they, they really got to see the world, but through, it was really through that role. It was because I was traveling and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to do this and be away for stretches at a time, at least you can benefit by also seeing the world and experiencing it in a new way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a great gift to be able to give your children. Um, And, and that, that for me was something very important that I wanted them to experience and I was able to achieve it. Um, I didn't set out to achieve it that way, but that's just what happened when I had a chance to step back and miss it, miss that job and then go back and create with you know, with the leaders at Leo, um, something new and exciting. So you truly found a way to integrate your work in your life while bringing your kids on the road and giving them this well-rounded experience. And speaking about experiences, you and I met when you were the chief growth officer at Leo Burnett, when and I handpicked you to keynote tech marketing. Yes. Reimagining, you know, gender inclusion, you brought up some brands like Starbucks and Whole Foods that have really been more gender inclusive as it's more of a top priority for brands today. You know, Google had the Think with Google campaign. Microsoft has more ads with children with disabilities and they're hiring more people with disabilities. So, you know, those brands are really progressive. So in your opinion, Allison, how can brands be more gender inclusive? I want to start by saying brands have to be gender inclusive. If they're not, they are going to fail. And, and we're seeing all this, um, we're seeing these headlines about the great resignation right now and talking a lot about the war on talent and I think people have stepped back during this down period, this collective global period of quiet, um, which has been a, a difficult time, of course, in the world, but they've had a chance to reflect and think about where they want to be and what they want to be doing and the kind of company they want to work for. And companies that aren't progressive, I really feel are going to lose long-term. Gen Z in particular, um, the youngest early careers people in our workforce right now and and a a force to be reckoned with coming up behind them are, you know, some people would say idealistic, but I just think realistic about the constructs that have, have guided their lives, social constructs, gender constructs 
um, all different kinds of expectations that aren't necessarily good for us and race, racial constructs. And, and I think they're just not accepting us anymore. And it's taken a pause, I think, for people to see and think about what they want and what is important to them. And, and why are we bickering over things that don't matter? Why can't we all just love and respect and appreciate, appreciate the person next to us or the person in our world and find a way to speak to them respectfully and gender them respectfully and accept who they are? Because when it comes to the work we do every day, your, den- your gender should not matter. Mm-hmm. It's about the work. So I think this is a very interesting time in the world of work as we think about people who don't want that experience, who, who want not just inclusion, um, they want flexibility, they want, they, they want the right to be parents and, and men as much as women, if we wanna use those terms, you know, fathers and mothers equally deserve the opportunity to be parents and companies have to provide space for them to do that and to take the time they need. And I, and I do think that's going to help um, separate the great companies um, from the not so great companies and the companies who will win the war on talent are the ones that can recognize that work-life balance has, has gotten out of balance in our country and we need to rethink people's mental health, physical health, and how, um, how we as companies need to show up for people, how brands need to show up as activists. And I wrote a little bit about that in my article that brands have to get involved when you can't be a bystander, right? We talk a lot about that. Right, right. And you know, you brought the great resignation and I look at that as opportunity for career reinvention you know, and that war on talent that you brought up. When I think about advertising, I liken it to Hollywood because like Hollywood in the movies, advertising can get into our hearts and minds, right? And really have an impression on the eyeballs that see the ads, that read the ads, et cetera. And I think you're an excellent leader, Allison, where you take your past history of how to incorporate being a mom into your work and your ethics And you shared with me something really touching in a prior conversation, and it's how you lead today as the CMO at Publicis Health Media and the things you look out for, for the people climbing the ranks behind you that are not only women, but men on maternity and paternity leave. So maybe share with the audience that return to work, because we all talk about maternity and paternity leaves. Isn't that great? And it is. And we're blessed to have them if we, if we have them, the organizations we work for. But a lot of times we come back and as a mom and a dad, we hit a brick wall because that integration is real and it's hard. It is hard. And I, 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 I believe one of the things we talked about was um, I could always get onto the elevator at 35 West Wacker in Chicago. And I, I work in a lot of different offices, but that was my home office for a long time. And I could see I could see a new mom arriving for a new dad, but, in, but it, for me, it was, you know, I, I could see the look, the eyes, the, the fear and the, and the complete terror at this is your first day back and you left your baby and, you know, you've got your backpack on with the pump and you're like putting on a brave face 
And what always struck me was that we expected, we expected people to come back to work. Like you've got your time off, whatever that is. And then you come back and it's like, you're right back in it again. And I always, the people that were working on my team, I always made sure to say, listen, just come back a couple days. And then next week, come back a couple days or three days, like just ease into it. This is going to be a very difficult transition. You have to recognize that transitions are difficult for people and give them the space they need to come back and feel like they're not giving up what they're leaving behind to come into work. And I think it's really important that you ease people in. And and that does very much, um, very, very much, I think that applies to the return to office because we can't just say, okay, you know, January 10th, everyone's back. Everyone come back. It's going to be the way it used to be. It's just totally unacceptable. And I don't think, and companies are doing it. Um, We have no intention of doing that. Our, Our intention is to say, let's all discuss how you want to come back. And let's discuss what that transition looks like. And let's be really open-minded about how some people need to come back versus other people. If we've, we've all been home with our kids. So there are the families and they may need a slightly different way of re-entering versus, um, you know, maybe it's early careers talent who really wants to be back in the office because they want to have that, the connection to other people and, and attend things live. So there, we ha- there are people who have had medical issues while they've been away and need to transition um, back into work a little more slowly, perhaps. So we need to be open-minded about what that return to office looks like and, and keep everyone's mental health in mind. I, before um, March 8th or 9th, um, 2020, when everything shut down, I would travel almost every week. And I went from traveling every week to not traveling at all. And that was a very hard transition for me. Most people would say, oh, wasn't that fantastic? And, and I had figured out this whole way of being. And all of a sudden, I was just at home all the time. And it was very hard, actually. I loved being home, but I missed the pace of my life. And that became a, that was a difficult transition. Um, but I've noticed in the last few months, I've started traveling again. And I'll go on a trip and I'll come back. I'm like, wow, why am I so tired? Why was that so hard? And I'm thinking, you're like a road warrior. How could you, how could something like that even remotely tire you out? But it's just been so long since that was the pace that you forget. So everyone needs it. Everyone needs that a little bit of grace right now as we figure out what that looks like and how we transition back and and what we do for people to help them get the connection they need from work while also having the time they need to manage whatever this transition looks like with their families, with their um, partners, whatever it looks like. They may have moved. We had a lot of people leave New York City and other big metropolitan areas. So that's a lot of things to figure out. Yes. Everybody went through something. It's the one thing, right? That the whole world has in common and everybody struggled with one aspect or another in their life. And so how do we pull together and and adapt to that change, right? So, and in a way that's kind, 
and graceful and understanding. These are all things we have to remember in the next, you know, six months. Yes. The empathy and action that you're doing with your leadership. And then also that, that growth mindset that we have to have. So a few moments ago, we talked about, you mentioned the article on activism and in that article, Allison, you said activism requires bravery. So tell us what you mean by that. Well, it's an article about brands and what brands need to do and how they need to stand up for things that are right. And when they do that, they'll be rewarded by loyalty among their um, consumer base and loyalty with their employees. But it's hard for a brand to stand up for what's right sometimes. There are all the questions about, will we alienate people? What will this mean to this group versus this group? Will we lose customers because they don't agree with our position? And I, I think you really have to get through some of those things and, and take on this magical mindset, this brave, find a brave space and stand up for what you know is right because you will be rewarded if you do. And you, you owe that to your consumers. And I think you'll find if you, if you study human behavior and you understand the trajectory of human behavior, that this is going to be, this is demanded of brands now. This is something that brands, that people expect from their brands. People want to connect to the brands, not just their food, but their clothing. There's a lot of conversation about environmentalism and, and fast fashion and clothing and their, their, and food and packaging. There are all of these issues that we're grappling with as a society. And we have to make decisions as brands to move in the right directions and to be bold about it. And if, I think if, you, if you're willing to do that, even if you don't quite get there, even if you don't quite live up to exactly the ambition you've set, you're moving toward that ambition and people will give you credit for that. If you sit back and wait, I really think that's a problem. I, I, I don't, I think that's going to lead to failure. Yes. And you bring up a good point there as we round the ter- turn to the end of our conversation is that integration when people think about the work-life integration and being kind to themselves. So what advice would you give people that are struggling to find that, dare I say, balance? And I do think it's a constant struggle. I think it's a, I think it's a balance is something we work on every day. And some days will be more balanced than others. So we have to forgive ourselves for those days where we don't quite get it right. Or the, or an emergency happens and, and we're pulled in another direction. My advice would be just intending to do it, setting an intention to do it setting an intention to be the person you want to be and striking the kind of balance you want in your life and making sure that the people around you, and that's your partner, that's your friends, that's your work, you know, your workplace, your work friends are in on it. They're all there to help you achieve your goals and achieve the balance that you want to achieve. One of the things we've done in the last year at PHM um, is we, we've worked with a consultant to, and we buddy up in the management committee and we talk about things that we really want to get right. And a lot of those conversations are around work-life balance. They're around parenting, they're around 
um, exercise and, you know, being healthy. And we set these goals and we share them. And that takes a lot of courage to do that in the workplace and to be vulnerable. And then your, your buddy is responsible for checking in on you and saying, okay, how's that going? Um, you, you really wanted to achieve this. How, how are you achieving it? And how can I help you? And, and I do think having that attitude of how can I help you as a friend, as, a, as, an, as an employer, as a coworker, as a collaborator, how can we all help each other achieve that balance we want to achieve? But you have to know what it is and you have to be understanding with yourself that sometimes it'll work out. And some, some days, you know, some days will be great. And some days you won't quite get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very well said. We talked about the great resignation earlier in our conversation today, Allison. And as we wrap, what is your positive advice as to how do working women sift through career reinvention? I do think the great resignation can be a positive thing. I think we're all talking about it as a negative thing, or you hear a lot of negative talk about it, but it, it can be something that really is allowing us to reevaluate. Um, I guess as you, as this is happening and we're all sitting back and wondering, what do I want to be next? My advice is to think about that, build your plan for that, but be ready for whatever comes your way because something may come up that you are completely unexpecting. And if it wasn't in the plan that you had laid out in your head, that doesn't mean it's bad. If it's a left turn versus a right turn, that doesn't mean you won't learn from it. And it does, I think it's fine to take risk in your career. And now is the time, isn't it? There are more jobs than we have people in this country right now. Now's the time to try something that maybe you'd been too nervous to try before. And I think that's the advice I would give. See what happens. Well, Allison, thank you. It's lovely to reconnect with you. And I'm honored to share you with my audience. So thank you for your Thanks, time. Gail. And thank you for staying in touch. special thank you to Allison McConnell for sharing her beautiful, empowering stories with us. A thank you to you, our valued listeners. You have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm grateful you're here. And a shout out to New Voice Studios for producing Theodora Speaks. The three key takeaways from today's conversation with Allison are one, how Allison successfully found her way to having and raising a family while climbing the corporate ranks. Secondly, when it comes to flexibility, be willing to pivot and compromise in painting your career portrait. And lastly, brands and people need to be brave and ask for what they want and when they need it. Thank you and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.